On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Bigfoot has been spotted. Yes, multiple Model 3s have been seen in the wild. And of course, I'm going to pour over every detail I can. Plus, Elon Musk's got something to say to the doubters after Tesla stock hits an all-time high and more. Welcome, friends. It is Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast for April 9th, 2017, episode number 88. I'm Ryan McCaffrey on the floor beside me, as usual, the snoozing, comfortable Maggie the Boxer. Uh, And it is a big week in Teslaville because we've gotten what we've all been waiting for. In fact, almost, it's funny, really a year to the day almost, I mean, just over, between uh, when the Model 3 prototype was unveiled to the world in Hawthorne, California, uh, to when it was first seen in the wild, testing out and about, uh, in this case in Palo Alto, near Tesla's corporate headquarters, uh, across the bay from the Tesla factory in Fremont. Uh, so we have, and it is multiple release candidate sightings, and we know that because uh, there were two different colors. So don't know how many cars it is, but it's at least two for sure, photographed uh, over on different different times, different days. Multiple sightings, and each time in Palo Alto, it was with a different chase car. Uh, at one point, it was sh- photographed with a BMW M3, uh, and another time, uh, it was followed by an Alfa Romeo uh, Giulia, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So odds are they are that Tesla is benchmarking the driving dynamics of the car in some capacity, comparing it to the competition, seeing how it feels, seeing what they might want to dial up or tune back, etc. Now these cars, unlike the prototypes, had proper California state manufacturer-issued plates, uh, or plates issued to manufacturers so they can use them on the uh, pre-production fleet of cars like this. It gave us our first good look at the brake lights, uh, the, the, the final versions of the brake lights, presumably, since these are release candidates, these cars are otherwise intended to be ready to go. And I have to say, uh, the brake lights, I know this is such a small thing, but hey, we, got every little, we have to take every little crumb we can right now as we're waiting for this car. Uh, they are more Model X-like in, as far as the actual brake light, the light that illuminates when you depress the brake pedal, in that it's a single horizontal LED strip, which I remember kind of took me a little by surprise when I first saw that on the X as well. I was like, oh, that's it. But, you know, LED technology now, it's bright, it's one, it's not the like individual little dots like it was 10 years ago. Uh, it is this a nice, clean, uh, bright red LED strip for a brake light. And uh, we also got a good look at the third brake light, which I don't believe we'd seen before. I don't think they were functional on the uh, on the prototypes, but it is, so the Model S, one way you can pick out a Model S from, from far away, if you're behind the car, like many cars back, if you see a car up ahead of you, a sedan with a, you know, a sedan lower type profile, and you see the 
the third brake light at the top of the rear glass stretching all the way across. Not a lot of cars have it. There's an Audi, I think it might be the uh, A8 slash S8 has that, but there aren't a lot of cars that do that. And the Model S is, uh, so odds are it may very well be a Model S, but the Model 3 instead has uh, a, a strip towards the base of the rear glass, the, the bottom part of it, and it is not, it does not stretch across the entire rear window. It's, uh, it's just the sort of middle, I don't know, it seems like it's uh, maybe a foot and a half, two feet long kind of thing. Just sort of a, a more traditional, more traditional look. Uh, now, that probably should have been obvious because of the all-glass roof on the 3, but I guess not necessarily because, I mean, the Model S is offered in an all-glass roof, and it has, uh, it has that third brake light up top there. Uh, what else can I tell you? There are, are a number of other little details that we can talk about with regard to the uh, Model 3 release candidate. Perhaps the, <laughs> I lost the term for a second. The nose, the front end of the car. Now, you'll remember from talking last week, you may have seen it yourself. In the meantime, the first footage of a release candidate, which was tweeted out by Elon himself, it was a very grainy, uh, like just low, you know, low resolution, bad lighting. You know, it was either dawn or dusk, presumably dusk. So you couldn't really get a good look at it, and it was shot from behind. You didn't really get a good look at the front end. People had, had speculated. We talked about, well, is this, uh, have they rounded off the, that nose a little bit and made it a little more Porsche-like because that was a little controversial. You'll recall a year ago after the reveals, oh, that's, uh, that, that front end is just very distinct. Well, it turns out, no, the nose has not changed. It still sort of slopes up and comes out to a, to a sharp edge. Uh, some people think it, from comparing pictures, that it may have, they may have uh, sort of smoothed it out, rounded it out just a tad, but that could also be the uh, glossy black, the sort of traditional black paint color compared to the, the, the very sort of the silver on the on the Alpha prototype does you know that what that color does is it accentuates the lines very very well in a way that black paint, especially shot on a camera on a car in motion that's not there to be photographed, uh, won't necessarily exactly show. But the the front end of the car appears to be unchanged from the prototype, which I have to say I'm actually happy about because. In the beginning, uh, on March 31st, when I saw the car, I remember my first reaction, I'm sure it's on that, that follow-up show, I think it was episode 35, you know, I, I, was, uh, I wasn't blown away by the front end, like I thought the car itself overall looked very good, but you know, I was, I was a little just sort of unsure about the front end of the car, like, hmm, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that yet. And that's actually, I felt the same way about the Model X after I was fortunate enough to get to go to the Model X launch event where the, the front end of that car, the final version of the front end of the X was shown off for the first time. And it was the same thing there where at first with the X I was like, eh, I don't know about that front end, but over time it's really grown on me and I really love it. And, I, and actually, uh, I say the same now about Model 3 
even though I haven't actually seen the you know the final Model Three in person in daylight, uh, just just at night at night back at the reveal event a year ago, but it has really grown on me as I've looked at pictures of. It. I mean, it's my <laughs> it's my desktop background on my computer, so I do look at it every day uh, in some capacity. But uh, so yeah, it it is it is it is the same. There is no tr- change either drastic or, or really seemingly even that subtle. Or if it, if it is, it's extraordinarily subtle. Now, the big thing that, that uh, has folks abuzz online, and this remains to be seen whether or not anything is going to come of it, because one of the, well, in fact, the first car, that, the first Model 3 that was photographed was photographed with some additional cameras. You can see the B-pillar cameras, uh, you know, on the uh, between the front uh, door and the the rear door, which of course is where it is located as well on the the uh, S and the X. But there's a there are C pillar cameras spotted on the prototype on the the back. You know, behind just just past the uh, the rearmost part of the back door. So. Uh, the the question is what are those for? Is that are the are the is the Model Three going to have two more cameras, bringing it up to ten instead of eight? Uh, or you know is this what is this for? Uh, Matthew Para, who's a who's a regular listener. In fact, he's a he's a Patreon producer to the show. He wrote in and and thought are these for an overhead parking view camera? You know there are cars that have that, uh, and Tesla does not currently have that as a feature. On the car to as a, as a, an additional parking assist, so that's a possibility. I want to thank Matthew for writing in with that that thought. Or are they for autopilot somehow, or both? You know, so that that was interesting to see. Now, uh, on subsequent prototypes, uh, pardon me, subsequent release candidate sightings, it did not. Those the other cars did not appear to have the C pillar camera. So that is going to be something to very much keep our eye on as we continue to see these cars making their way around the Bay Area and possibly other places, too, as time goes on. Another interesting element of the release candidate, the charging port appears to, once again, be on the driver's side, on the, you know, the around the edge of the taillight, you know, just like where it is on the SNX. And, of course, we wouldn't expect... Tesla to relocate it on their car, on their, the new car. They expect to just keep it where it is. But it was on the prototype, on the release, I'm sorry, I keep saying prototypes. On the release candidates, they're just a, uh, a, a piece of black plastic that's formed, that's, that's printed to, you know, it's uh, made to that size. It, you know, it, it's, it's uh, the right size piece, just not the, it's not reflector material. So, the the easy suspicion there is that they just they you know they probably haven't manufactured that sort of magnetized reflector because if you've ever seen if you've ever been up close with a Tesla with a with an S or an X you know that that piece actually has sort of a magnet on it to keep it in place and when it closes and when you bring the charger to it uh, the 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 charging cable up to it. It, it'll actually automatically flip open. So, you, you know, that's not a surprise that the release candidates don't have that 
sort of finishing detail uh, on there. And in fact, speaking of, of finishing details, the release candidates also don't have any badges on them, which if, you know, for some of you might be like, well, of course they don't. That's, that's, uh, they wouldn't put those on at this stage. But if it's something that you would, not, you would just sort of assume was there, uh, no, the, the, they're, they're not only unnecessary at this stage, but like any other car manufacturer that's road testing an upcoming model that's not out yet, they're not looking, Tesla's not looking to broadcast what this car is. Uh, and I, I sort of wanted to get into this a little because I saw a number of complaints on uh, forums, on the comments sections of, of websites that, that were posting these pictures. Some people saying, oh, they thought the car, the Model 3 looks ugly or the Model 3 looks plain. And, you know, that's fine if those folks end up thinking that at the end of the day. I mean, it is, it's a subjective opinion about a car. So, you know, hey, to each their own, no, no biggie. But I just think if, if any of you look at these release candidate pictures and might have the same thought, like, yeah, the car looks a little plain, looks a little eh, just remember that it's, in my opinion, a little early to make that call and just, just keep that in mind. Because, I mean, yes, these are release candidates, but... They also don't have all of the little cosmetic finishing touches that every car gets to some degree or another. So, you know, not only the badges, but, but uh, things like the caps, the Tesla logo caps on the center uh, of the wheel, uh, on each wheel, trim options, you know, stuff like a spoiler, even though we actually don't even know yet if the Model 3 performance version will have an optional spoiler the way the S does because the, the built-in rear spoiler on the 3 is, is pretty uh, pronounced on its own, but nevertheless, just, just as an example. But, you know, if, if you go back and look at old photos of early Model X or Model X mules that were spotted out in the wild and you compare them to the finished cars that are for sale now, uh, you'll see exactly the kind of finishing details that I'm talking about. So all I'm saying is if you, if you end up taking a look at the three, the, re- the release candidate uh, pictures, and you're, you're a little underwhelmed, don't, don't worry about it yet. Don't panic. Uh, you, you don't necessarily dislike the car or, or think the car is plain or dull or ugly. Uh, wait for those finishing touches because that, that last 5% you know, can go a long, long way as far as the appearance of a car. One of the cars photographed had a uh, grainy, or pardon me, not a gra- not grainy, but it, the you could see the interior trim was a, a wood grain, like a, a you know faux wood grain, like you could used to like you could get with the obesh wood or obesh. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, the the wood option in the S and X, and this one on the this release candidate three. This wood finish, uh, wood trim looked a lot lighter in color than than the one from the S or the X. Uh, I encourage you to go take a look at it. You know, see see what you think of it for yourself. It's not really my thing. I uh, it, it reminded me a bit too much of the uh, the BMW i3's interior, which I think is very has sort of an almost like you're inside an IKEA store 
or, it's, or you're inside an Ikea product, I guess, <laughs> would be the better way to phrase it. So not really my cup of tea, uh, especially because I'm, I'm also looking, I'm pretty definitely, almost certainly going to get the white interior. And for me, for me the, uh, that, that wood uh, dash trim is not going to pair very well with white seats. But for those of you who might like a wood option, a wood in a dashboard trim option, it does uh, look like that's going to be an option for those of you who are interested in that. And that's something we did not know. That is a new, new bit of information. We'd never seen that before. Tesla had never mentioned it before. It wasn't on the prototype. So, uh, so there you go. Another, another little thing revealed on the three. Now, while we're talking about these spy shots, let's uh, actually take a call from our good friend Mike in Charlottesville, who uh, spotted something interesting in one of the photos and wanted to wanted to inquire about it. So, Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Charlottesville again. So today on Jalopnik, they uh, someone released photos of the Model Three, and there's an interior shot where I can't tell if it's a reflection or if it's it's of the interior, but there's red LEDs everywhere. And in the dash, you see a red LED that like flit. And, you know, being Elon Musk loves, you know, pop culture. I'm wondering if it's something like Kit or from Knight Rider, just because the look of it and the feel of it. But uh, I just wanted to see what you thought about something like that. And uh, I'd love, love to hear what you think about it. Thanks. Well, Mike, I have to say that picture stopped me cold in my tracks as well. Uh, in fact, is the same picture I was just talking about before your call, uh, the one that where you can see the uh, the wood dashboard trim option. I I too looked very very carefully at that picture, and I have to tell you, uh, those of you that have seen it will be able to to know what I'm talking about here. I think it's it's actually a combination of lights from inside the car and either stoplights or brake lights. Uh, reflecting from outside the car. But here's the thing. I don't think that the reflections coming from inside the car are kit-like things. Although that would be really cool, and you're totally right. It would absolutely fit the Elon Musk penchant for pop culture references. But if you look closely you can at that picture, you can see a literal big red button uh, on, sort of down in, in the, uh, where the, the console would be, the center console. Uh, and that is a kill switch. And we've seen it on Model S test mules and other pre-production cars. It is no doubt there in case something goes wrong in your, in your unfinished car. Uh, and I th- what it appears to me not certain about this, but it appears to me that there there might be some red lights on that which are which are showing up in the picture. So I don't think it's part of the the official Model Three interior. Um, hate to hate to burst the bubble here, Mike, because I agree. Like kit type of stuff would be really cool, but I don't think that is the case here. All right, so that uh, covers the release candidate sightings. Let's move on to sort of a, a an official follow-up from last week, you know, or even the week before. Gosh, how long is it ago now? Yeah, the, the tweet storm from Elon. 
And I, I was talking all about how that tweet storm was really about sort of tempering expectations on the Model 3 that it is not, you know, it's not better than the S and it's not uh, going to have more tech in it than the S. And Tesla more or less officially clarified that. They made it official company policy, taking Elon's tweets and turning them into a a uh, carefully worded blog post on Tesla.com. It's a post entitled Model S or Model 3. And here's a little, a little snippet from that. Tesla writes, Model 3 is smaller, simpler, and will come with far, far fewer options than Model S, but it makes driving feel effortless and offers good range of at least 215 miles for our starting model. Dot, dot, dot. And then later, while innovation at Tesla will never stop, the very best vehicles we make are already available for purchase and on the road today. So again, this is basically making Elon's tweets from last week official company policy. And it's probably meant to head off people who might have been thinking that the Model 3, oh, that's the next generation Tesla, people that, that would might actually, in fact, hold off on buying an S because they're waiting to see, you know, the next generation car, the Model 3. So uh, I think that's what this is all about. And uh, one other thing here, by the way, I don't want to nitpick, you know, just split hairs too much on Tesla's phrasing here, but they say far fewer options than the Model S. I mean, the S doesn't have a ton of options on it. So, and we already know from Elon's previous tweets a year ago, well, and we know anyway, that uh, all-wheel, all-wheel drive will be an option. Performance will be an option. We know there will be three roof options, either metal, uh, all glass, or panoramic. Um, so that leads me to wonder if there will even be an upgraded sound package option on the Model 3 or any sort of upgraded seat, seating option, uh, it, it might, I mean, there kind of isn't, there, there isn't even really a seating upgrade option on the S anymore. Uh, it's just the, the multi-pattern black cloth seat or one of the leather, or in the White's case, synthetic leather, uh, option. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I wonder, if, I would have to imagine there's going to be a Sub-Zero package given the, you know, the fact that these are going to be very appealing winter cars for the fact that you don't have to start them, warm them out for a million reasons. But yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think if, if you're talking about, if Tesla's talking about having quote unquote far fewer options on the three than on the S, uh, I suspect that probably, you know, what's the first thing you, you'd, you'd put on the chopping block looking at the list of options on the car? And I think, yeah, maybe eh, sound system. I think we might, we might not get a, an upgraded sound system option, which is a little disappointing. Although I've heard a lot of people say, just S owners say they're not necessarily thrilled about the, even the upgraded option, the upgraded sound studio on the uh on the model s but 
you know, it's uh, if they're going to cut, they're going mean, to, and you know, you know, autopilot's not going to get cut. So I imagine there probably won't be a premium upgrade package that has a, you know, I think we get that, that we can probably rule out too, you know, with a, with a HEPA filter and, you know, obviously there won't be auto presenting doors or anything like that. Uh, I, I suspect there probably won't be any interior upgrade options at all. You know, the way the, the premium upgrade package offers uh, that that that, Alicon, that Alcantara trim on the dashboard. So, uh, and even and then power lift gate is one of the one of the options in the premium upgrades package. We know, of course, the Model S isn't a hatchback. Pardon me, the Model Three isn't a hatchback. It is simply a, a trunk. So I guess we should not expect uh, any sort of power assist in that trunk. It'll just be a your traditional old manual trunk. And I think, and I'm almost positive that Elon had previously said, again, in the, in the follow-up tweets from a year ago, had said that smart air suspension will be an option on the three. So, yeah, I got to figure uh, interior stuff, uh, including sound. I mean, I think that's, that's, where, uh, that's where the options will come off the table there. Uh, and maybe even, maybe there will even only be two wheel options instead of there. Well, there are technically four on the S when you there. There's the silver, the silver 21 inch turbines and the gray ones. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. Ugh. So I, uh, I suspect maybe fewer wheel options as well. So anyway, thought that was worth mentioning because it just sort of popped up onto onto Tesla's website this week. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, don't listen. Just don't hold off on buying that Model S. The Model 3 isn't going to be better, you guys. Seriously. All righty. The final news story this week is a little bit of a fun one. And it's, I mean, it's good news. Tesla's stock hit an all-time high this week. It cleared $300 and, in fact, closed the week at, uh, above the $300 mark. But what makes this fun, besides just simply good news, is that Elon Musk showed a, a little bit of pride in the, in the success of, of the stock, and which, is, of course, is a reflection of the confidence that Wall Street has in the company. Elon tweeting that the, the morning that it shot over $300, which was a huge day, he tweeted simply, stormy weather in Shortville, and uh, that is a reference to Tesla's stock being the most shorted stock on the entire stock market. You know, I think it's fun to see Elon's sense of humor come out a little bit. I mean, you know, if he did this kind of thing all the time, okay, then it would border on arrogance. But I know I've been covering Elon Musk long enough uh, with this podcast to know that he's, he is just, he's having fun here. In fact, <laughs> when I saw that, I, I, I totally laughed out loud. I, I really got a kick out of that tweet. And, and, you know, and when you read the replies, there's some really funny replies to it, too, from some people, you know, f- and by funny, I mean some people appreciating the humor and others who are probably those very short sellers themselves who are none too thrilled about, uh, about Elon and, and saying that he was, he was tempting the gods by, uh, by replying, by sort of by tweeting that. But but it made me think, you know, if Elon is poking a bit of fun at those shorts now, what is he? What is Elon gonna do 
when Model 3 actually ships in decent volume this year. And uh, this is what I thought of. Happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. I don't know why that scene from Happy Gilmore popped into my head, but it did. And finally this week, just a, a super quick note for you Model S owners, Elon took to Twitter. He, he's, uh, he's been pretty quiet on Twitter ever since the tweet storm. But he did make uh, one significant Tesla-related tweet this week, noting on Twitter that a feature is coming soon to the cars that allows one-touch access to all of the discovered Tesla Easter eggs. So those of you with Model Xs, congratulations, the Model X light show, the Christmas light show, the holiday light show, appears to be returning. I'll be right back with the Ride the Lightning hotline for you right after this. If you're like me and have a Tesla reservation, you'd probably love the chance to drive one around for more than just the short test drive that you can get from Tesla. Well, I've got a solution for you. Friend of the show, Joe Edgel, actually rents out Model S and Model X Teslas for as long as you'd like. If you happen to be taking a trip to Washington, D.C. or the Baltimore area, or if you want to drive one so badly you're willing to make a special trip, check out Joe's website, emotion.rentals. If you want, Joe will even deliver the car to you at the airport or your hotel. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N dot rentals. Now back to the show. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, you can call in anytime, day or night, 24-7. Just leave a message. It's that simple. The Ride the Lightning Hotline toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's one 1- 888-989-TSLA. You can also Skype it, although I don't think anyone's ever done that. (laughs) Most of you just call. Or uh, you can always just record something on your smartphone and email me. Uh, The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And in uh, thanks for providing the Ride the Lightning hotline, I thank lifeonrecord.com and say that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Our first call comes from Nick in Toronto, who calls in about Model 3's range. Nick, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Nick from Ontario. Uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit today about the range of the Model 3. Before I do that, uh, you're doing great work. I love the podcast. So, I heard you say in your podcast this week that you don't think the Model 3 is going to quite hit that 300 mile range mark, even in the highest capacity version. I want to do a little bit of math on this subject. So, if we start with what we know, we know that the Model 3 is going to come in less than a 60 kilowatt hour battery for its base version. And we also know that the base version of the Model 3 should get at least the range of the Chevy Bolt, which is 238 miles. Uh, And that's according to Elon's tweet a few weeks ago in his tweet storm, where he told someone that they had very little faith uh, if they questioned that the base version of the Model 3 would get the same range as the Chevy Bolt. So if we extrapolate that out, um, 238 miles for the let's say a 55 kilowatt hour version of the battery 
Uh, 75 kilowatt hour version of the battery would get about 325 miles. Now we, we've been hearing that they've been testing uh, 75 kilowatt hour version, so I think it's pretty safe to assume that that's what is going to be the higher capacity battery for the Model 3. Now, that 325 mile number, while it doesn't take into account things like the extra weight of the batteries, it also doesn't take into consideration uh, extra range that you would get from, say, all-wheel drive. And it also assumes that the base version of Model 3 gets exactly that 230 miles of bolt. And we don't know, it might get a little more even. Uh, and the base version may also be, say, a 50 kilowatt hour battery. And if that still gets 238 miles, the 75 kilowatt hour version would uh, have an even higher range. So I'm just interested to hear your take on some of this math. I hope you're having a good week. I've seen this around a lot, so it's, it's good that you bring this up, Nick. Now, we don't know that the base, the base version of the 3 is going to beat the bolt, is going to exceed 238 miles. That Elon tweet that you're referring to, uh, he doesn't specifically say that it's the base version. And it's not, it, it's just, it's, it's left open here. He could very well have been talking about the larger battery version. So just do bear that in mind. It's, uh, again, even Tesla's reiterating today, uh, or not today, this week with that blog post I talked about earlier, where they, they again mentioned at least 215 miles. But, you know, Elon did not say it was going to be the base version that would exceed the bolt, just that they would exceed the bolt. And they'll, they'll obviously do that with the larger battery because the bolt only off doesn't offer a choice. You, there's just a one 60 kilowatt hour battery in the Chevy bolt. But, uh, I, and then I have to say, I, I think you're, you're on the optimistic side predicting 325 miles of range for the 75 kilowatt hour battery. I absolutely hope you're right. Of course, but I would just be careful about setting that expectation for yourself. Again, I go back to my argument from last week. I really uh, think that, again, after, after the Tesla, Elon and Tesla have been very, very careful lately to position the 3 underneath the S, below the S on the hierarchy of Tesla vehicles. So I really do think that we are not going to see a 300-mile range Model 3 option, at least in the, uh, in the early going. You know, eventually, of course, Tesla's going to get there, but uh, I just think, I think you're going to have to get a Model S if you want a car that, uh, that gets 300-plus miles of range. Next is Travis from Ohio commenting on the steering wheel in the Model 3 as well as battery pack options. Travis, let's hear from you. Hi, Ryan. This is Travis from Ohio. I have a couple Model 3 theories, both based on the idea that Tesla is really trying hard to avoid the feature creep that delayed the Model X. So they're not wasting resources building anything they don't actually intend to be part of the finished product. First, the steering wheel. Shortly after the reveal event, Elon tweeted that the actual steering controls would feel like a spaceship. The best indication of what that might have been is Franz von Holzhausen's sketches in those tokens of appreciation that showed the interior of the Model 3, almost identical to what we've seen. And the steering wheel in that sketch is basically just a wheel with a cutout at the top. So it kind of gave it a feel like an airplane yoke. Uh, 
But that was before Elon realized that he needed to massively accelerate production and keep everything simple and streamlined. I believe the final wheel will be pretty normal. The evidence is that the photos that have emerged of release candidates, and those are supposed to be physically identical to the cars that will be sold, clearly have regular steering wheels. So who knows what kind of buttons and features might be on it, but I think it'll be a circle. Next, everyone seems to be assuming the battery pack options will be a 60 and a 75. I think they're going to be a 55 and a 70. So we know that J.B. Straubel said the base model's battery will be less than 60 kilowatt hours, and Elon indicated it will have better range than the Chevy Bolt, which gets 238 miles with a 60 kilowatt hour pack. Their weight is surprisingly similar, 3,580 for the Bolt, which is close to what people think the Model 3 will weigh. But the Model 3 is a more aerodynamic car, with a 0.21 coefficient of drag, and I believe Tesla's battery tech is better than LG Chem, so Tesla should easily be able to get more miles out of a 55 kilowatt hour pack than the Bolt gets out of 60. On the upper end option, Elon said that the 75 kilowatt hour pack would be the biggest that could physically be crammed into the wheelbase. Lots of fans assumed that meant the Model 3 will be offering a 75, uh, because fans tend to assume that everything about the 3 will be as awesome as possible. But Elon is telling us to tone down our expectations. He just said that's the biggest pack they could physically cram in there. It didn't sound like he was talking about the biggest pack configuration they're actually building. Also, we know that Tesla was testing a 70 kilowatt hour Model 3 mule. I don't think they would waste their resources testing and building a battery configuration that they don't intend to produce. Now, I want to point out that this is good news. Tesla's fans are doing a lot of hand-wringing over what we learned from Elon's tweet storm. But Tesla's stock hit its all-time high shortly thereafter. That's because the more we learn about the Model 3, the more it sounds like this is actually going to be on time, as promised. Wall Street, I think, just assumed it would be delayed at least a year, like the Model X. So when Elon says they're doing the rear-wheel drive cars first to keep it on schedule, everything's going to be streamlined, etc., that's great news. It means Tesla will probably deliver a car on time and will probably beat all the expectations. So I'm very enthusiastic. That's all I got. Thanks. Interesting theories, Travis. Now, with with Elon making autonomous driving such a high priority with the Model 3, I can't imagine they'd have gone with a funky steering wheel of any sort, because I doubt it would have even been a priority in the Level 5 self-driving scenario. Now, as for the battery pack options, you make a fair point about assuming that the top end is going to be a 75 kilowatt hour pack just because Elon said that's the biggest that's going to fit in the car. And yes, there absolutely were credible reports from Electrek that they were testing 70 kilowatt hour packs. And you might ask yourself, well, why not just go for the 75 then, Tesla? And the answer would probably be cost. Tesla's going to want to keep the cost of the car down uh, and not have, you know, the, the batteries cost are one of the most still one of the most expensive parts of the car. The more batteries in the car, the even though even though it's a higher end version, you know you don't want to overlap with the the S. You kind of want to keep those markets separate. It's why we saw Tesla discontinue the 60 kilowatt hour Model S uh, recently. Now I suppose it's possible that the performance Model Three might have a 75 kilowatt hour pack in it to negate the reduced range. Of that, that the you know the performance, the range hit from the performance version, but that I don't think even think my own theory holds up because I don't think that gels with Tesla's eternal quest for efficiency. 
I mean, if they were producing, you know, if 10% of the cars or so, 10% of Model 3s produced are performance models, are you really going to produce a slightly larger battery for that 10% of production? That, that probably doesn't make a ton of sense. So I'll tell you, I, I'm going to stay optimistic and hope for a 75 kilowatt hour pack, but uh, if it ends up being 70, I'll tell you, Travis, I'm going to think back to your phone call. Uh, next is Jesse from Dallas, who we've heard from before. He has a theory on Elon's tweet storm. So Jesse, let's, ta- let's hear from you, my friend. Take it away. Hi, this is Jesse from Dallas again. I have an observation on what might have motivated Tesla to release the information about dual motors, battery capacity, and the performance model. They've already stated they want to help negative sell the Model 3 to get those who might be at the high end to convert to a Model S. And that's fairly obvious. But something that some folks seem to have missed is the marketing that goes along with the Model 3. If it is, in fact, the everyman's vehicle, they don't want delivery of the first several thousand vehicles to arrive in every one city to be the high-end $60,000 and $70,000 versions. That would undermine the credibility of the product and continue to contribute to the perception that Tesla is a high-end vehicle. Elon's already stated repeatedly that he eventually wants to see the price of the three come down so that anyone can afford it, especially if they're opting the vehicle into a future fleet mode. So it makes sense from a marketing standpoint and from a sales standpoint. And for those of us who really would insist on the dual motor configuration or the performance model, it's not as though we're going to cancel our reservations, because let's face it, what other choice do you have? And so I'm interested in your thoughts. Well, Jesse, I honestly don't think that's why they did it. I I mean, I I talked about that exact topic last week, but uh, as I said then, I do think it is a nice unintended side effect of the lack of all-wheel drive and performance at launch. And, and as I mentioned earlier in this week's show, Tesla went out of their way uh, officially to establish the S as the superior vehicle with that blog post this week. So uh, I, I'll tell you, though, I'm not sure it was quite as effective as Elon's much more blunt tweet storm. And in fact, come to think about it, you know, Elon Musk gains more and more and more Twitter followers all the time. He's up over 8 million followers now. 8 million followers. I have to actually wonder, it's possible that more people saw Elon's tweets than saw the blog on the Tesla site because if you go to Tesla's site, like I, because I, I came upon the, uh, the Tesla blog because they tweeted it out, and I happened to, to catch their link to it. But if you're just on the Tesla website, you have to go to, uh, let's see, where it, in fact, I'm on there now, I'm just even trying to find. It's under, I think it's under update, yeah, it's under, you have to click the updates, little little tiny button at the very top of the page. So it's not, you know, it's not really super front and center and easy to get to, on the homepage. So I actually think more people might, I think Elon's tweets might have been more effective at 
again, tempering expectations and setting setting the boundary between the S and the 3. And I think it's possible, although I know the Tesla site gets plenty of traffic, but I think it's entirely possible that more people saw the, uh, the Elon tweet storm than saw that blog on the Tesla site. Anyway, uh, let's move now to our old friend Ramey from the... Oh, you know, last point actually I wanted to make, sorry, on, on your call, Jesse, is uh, Q2, Q2's delivery numbers will be very interesting to look at. Only Now, we won't be able to make any direct correlations, but it'll be interesting to see if anybody... If, if, if numbers are low for Q2, then maybe that's an indication that people are holding out for the three. So again, an indica- it won't, we won't be able to prove anything, but something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on uh, as, as Q2 numbers roll out, which won't be for quite a while because we're still in, we're just starting Q2. All right, our, our old friend Ramey from the Netherlands wanted to chime in on the, the old heads-up display discussion. So, Ramey, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Ramey, your friend from the Netherlands. I wanted to chime in on the HUD discussion. I think Elon made it very clear that this is not going to happen for Model 3 anytime soon. I do have another idea. What if Tesla would use their app as an instrument cluster? Then we could just put our phone in landscape mode in front of our steering wheel so Tesla should make some system that we can put it there and that it stays there. And then we still have our speedometer and other information right in front of us. This would be a very cheap solution and I think everybody would be happy with this. All Tesla needs to do is develop an app that can do this. I have to say that I don't believe Tesla is working on something like this, but I think this is an idea worth sharing. Hope to hear your thoughts on this. Keep up the good work, and I listen to your show every week. Thanks. I have to say, Ramey, that is an interesting idea. I do think that's interesting. It it could totally... There's nothing stopping that from happening. It, nothing technical, I don't think. But I do th- uh, believe that that would be an absolute PR nightmare for Tesla. Can you imagine the headlines if Tesla actually did that and said, well, if you want, you can dock your phone, uh, uh, you know, behind the steering wheel and use it as a, as an instrument cluster. You'd see headlines. I mean, there's already, there's already so many different sites and forces of nature that are out to get Tesla. Uh, could you imagine the headlines like Tesla expects customers to provide own gauges? Like it'd be stuff like that. Probably worse worse than that. So, uh, I, I, the, the thing I think I'm realizing and not, not that I hadn't thought about this before, but I think it's just, it's all going to make sense once we see the final reveal of the car. But I think we are all going to drive ourselves a little crazy trying to figure out what the, what the sort of master plan is for this car as far as the, uh, instrumentation is concerned. But so in the meantime, We'll just keep theorizing. Again, I, I, I like your idea, Ramey. I think it, it is plausible. I don't think it'll happen, but it is an interesting one. And our final call uh, this week comes, it's a bit of a long one, but it is a good one. He's got some interesting uh, things to bring up. Leo from Germany, calling in from Germany, 
uh, about a few different topics. So let's just let him have the floor here. Leo, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Leo calling from Germany. I have a question or um, yeah, a topic maybe to talk about more. That is um, how the S or the Model S is going to differentiate um, to the Model 3. So which differences are there going to be? I mean, I assumed and um, now... As as of this week, we know because of the last street storm of Elon uh, that yeah, basically all the new technology is going to be in the Model S. But is there like any and the seven seat option? But is there any big other um, yeah difference between the Model Three and the Model S that uh, you want maybe say a person that that wants to have a, a good looking electric car and then something that you would tell them um, why they should get the Model S. If they wouldn't need the 7th op option, if they wouldn't need the um, the largest battery pack, and if they wouldn't need the new, the latest uh, technology in it. And another topic um, that I think you never mentioned, because, well, it's, yeah, it's a very, very small niche topic, but um, do you know anything or what do you think of... Um, we were cars produced um, Tesla cars so because um, in Germany the um, Carrera slot cars are very popular so like very small very little cars with like a scale of 1 to 32 and they have really many 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 sports cars and especially they do have Formula E cars so what do you think on, um, of them introducing um, a smaller car to race in a in a slot uh, slot race or even or even an RC car that you control with a with a controller and can drive like um, around the floor that is like maybe 10 inches long or something like that yeah what what do you think of that do you think they they're going to come out with that fairly soon or do you think they there are some other um, toys Tesla toys functioning other than the the small Tesla that you once got with a uh, referral program yeah what are your thoughts on that I'd like to hear those and yeah keep the great work going really great podcast I really enjoy them and yeah listen to them then since a few months look forward to your next podcast yeah thanks bye First of all, uh, I can hear the birds chirping in the background, and I'm just picturing you in a beautiful backyard garden on a beautiful spring day in Germany, and I wish I was there. Uh, I was very, very lucky to spend a month in Germany. Uh, it, was, it was during the summer on a foreign exchange in high school, and it's absolutely one of the singular best times of my life. I, I, was, the ex I was 15 years old. It was just... It was... And I'd never really been anywhere, really never really been anywhere before. I just, I'm originally from New Jersey, but we moved to Arizona and when I was in grade school. So I was in, you know, the Phoenix area for, you know, just, just flat brown desert and going to Germany. Boy, that was, uh, that was a, a, just a, just what a, what a cultural awakening that was to see all the beautiful architecture and all the beautiful art and uh, just the, 
the 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 people and the food, everything. What that was such a great time. Anyway, your your call transported me back a little bit, and I so I apologize for my little aside there. But in any case, uh, you asked which car someone should get if they don't need if they don't need the bigger battery or the seven seat option or latest tech. Well, I'll tell you, in that case, it sounds like you'd be better off with a Model Three in that scenario. Now, as for fun toys like slot cars or RC cars, I'm sure all that stuff will come in time. I mean, Tesla does already have the the radio flyer Model S uh, little little pa- you know battery powered car for kids. So I'm sure that once Model Three is out the door and they have some time to breathe again as a company, they'll start ramping up their marketing efforts and you'll see them partner up with companies for for fun stuff like exactly what you're talking about. So Leo, thank you so much for that call. Thanks to all of you for calling in. Please keep them coming. Uh, I will be on vacation next week, but I'm still planning to do a show. I'm not going to not going to miss a show if I uh, if I can avoid it. So keep those calls coming. Again, the the toll-free number you can dial into and leave a message anytime on the Ride the Lightning hotline is 1 888-989-8752. If it helps you remember it, it's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or just record something on your smartphone and email me the file. And the email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'll be right back for you right after this to wrap things up. I want to first thank the Patreon producers, the kind folks who uh, support my my uh, multi-hour efforts every week. It's multi-multi-hour efforts every week putting this thing together. These kind folks pledge at the $20 or higher level per month. You can uh, feel free to pledge anything you like. It doesn't have to be $20. Uh, it can be anything. Uh, if you want to take a look, see how you might be able to contribute Check out patreon.com slash teslapodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And those Patreon producers are the wonderful Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, and Kyle Stover. Uh, if you are in the market for some Tesla accessories, check out abstractocean.com. If there's anything that you see there that you like, uh, go ahead and buy it and get a discount. That's, uh, that's the point of this. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, as all one word, RTLPODCAST, as your coupon code at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're buying a Tesla, get yourself $1,000 off of that vehicle and get me a chance to win a Tesla in the uh, referral raffle drawing. So the short link to put into your web browser is ts.la slash Jeff2311. That's Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. Uh, Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. Always recommend that. That's good stuff. Every Friday, Dave uh, sends out the weekly wrap-up of things in a nice email digest. 
You can sign up for that for free at teslaweekly.com. Most of you subscribe to the podcast. That's the best way to go if you're downloading it on a case-by-case, week-by-week basis. Go ahead and subscribe on your preferred platform of choice, uh, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or pick up the RSS feed at the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. That wraps it up for episode 88. I'm looking forward to getting on vacation, but I, uh, like I said, I have fully intend to get you guys a podcast next week anyway. Uh, so look for that. For It'll be episode 89. Man, almost getting close to 100. It's, it's coming up quick. Anyway, uh, happy electric motoring, everybody, and I'll see you next time.